Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the cranky cornetaholic, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Not gonna lie, we like the way we're doing it. You know, just offering up some hard-hitting trumpet truth at no cost to you, the trumpet-playing public. That's right, we just love to share information about playing and teaching the trumpet. It's the least that we could do. And never let it be said that we didn't do the least that we could do. Home to blogs, videos, and other really cool things that will make your trumpeting life better, and in turn, improve the lives of those around you. Go to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com and be amazed by the amazingness that is the WTF. And by the Backwoods Band Room Podcast, an exciting new podcast by Pennsylvania music educator Lance Jones that is aimed at helping smaller, more rural band programs across the country. Lance is a seasoned music educator who grew up in rural Pennsylvania and now teaches in the very same school system, making a difference in the lives of students each and every day. He's got suggestions about repertoire, managing instrumentation challenges, dealing with post-COVID music making, and lots, lots more. If you're a public school teacher, the Backwoods Bandroom podcast presents some great opportunities for you to connect, network, and learn from someone who has devoted his entire life to making sure that his community and its children benefit from a thriving, enriching arts program. You can hear the Backwoods Bandroom podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up a couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to consider, calculate, and certainly conjure information that we believe is crucial to collections of Cornet communities. Gentlemen, shall we? Well done. I like yeah, it. That was for you. Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chop Saver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Bookum Dano Gosling. So Holy don't crap. make us call 5-0. Get on over to www.chopsaver.com and get yours today. Aloha, Brian, and mahalo. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You make Dan's week every well, week. We got, I mean, we got Bookum Alaska. Dano Gosling. We got <laughs> Alaska trying to get Hawaii. Yeah, I like it. Right, we got listeners in Alaska. 50 states? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody can do it, Bill can. That's true. We, you know, I want one of those maps on the back of the WTF camper where we just color in the states that where we have listeners. I, I like the, the phrase WTF camper. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. That's Can't let that slip we by. need to get the pictures of that up online yeah. for the summer tour. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so this week I'm super excited. I get to talk about it first because I'm first in warming up. Uh, this episode will drop while we're in New Mexico in the midst of our Trombomundi tour. If you're not in New Mexico right now, get right. there. Get going. Come hang with us. No offense, Brian. Yeah, don't hang with me. That's crazy. Wow. Um, and the thing that I'm most excited about is that on the tour, there are four people in the group who are either playing or really wanting to be pay, be playing cornet on the tour. Hold on a oh, second. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, what? it's going to be great. Bill and I are playing cornet. Yeah. John John is desperate to be playing cornet. Not and so are you, Joey. You want to be playing cornet. Deep Why, down, I, 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 deep down, you want to be playing cornet I, on this I don't game. know that I'll have my cornet on the tour. You're kidding. You're not bringing it? How are you going to do the thing? How are you doing the thing? Well, because What's I, going on? I, ha I have to, I, I mean, I we're understand. flying and I play yeah. bass trumpet. We're flying too. There's a bass trumpet there for you. How many horns are you bringing? Six. Six. 
I don't understand the question. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> I love you guys so much. What's going on? I this didn't. Best thing ever. What are you doing? <laughs> this is who crazy. are you? What have you done with Joey? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I don't understand. All right, I'm working on it. Okay, he's he's trying to do the math of how he's going to get all those ones. Going to bring them. That's weird. I'm bringing two cases on the airplane. One is my carry-on, and the other is my personal item. <laughs> <laughs> Same. That's it. That's it. Done. See if I can pull that off. <laughs> He's looking yeah. at cases in the room right now. Yeah. That is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can come figure on. it out. Yeah. yeah you so, can do it. I that can't just believe. makes me really happy. And I know Scott's barely, barely bringing one horn. And JC's He's going to have to bring two. He plays flugel. No, no, he's going to figure gonna something gonna rent, out. He's going to rent them both. <laughs> he's going to see if Bryn's got an extra flugel. Yeah, he he's going exactly yep, to borrow somebody's flugel. Scott has willed this down to where he's just going to be bringing a mouthpiece pouch now. <laughs> it well, is next level. Now, now I, heard, that, I don't know if this is true because I didn't know Jigs, but I heard Jigs Wiggum traveled that way. Oh, that really? He would show up with his mouthpiece and the king people would bring his king to be to wherever he was. Wow. Because like, he was an endorser. So he well, didn't actually right. travel with a trombone. I think that's what Scott's up to. Now, Scott his mouthpiece. Scott could reach that level. That's pretty, that's he pretty could, good. He could do it, it. His mouthpiece pouch is wheeled and large. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's got 37 <laughs> mouthpieces in there. It's got there. 37 might break the, seven the weight C's. limit, you know. Yeah. yeah. And a 7 EW. Seven I'm just EWs. excited. And, and Joey, you know, I'll be glad to, you know, play some duets with you on cornet while we're there. Yeah, Excellent. Since you're bringing it now. Yeah. Since you're bringing it. Yeah. All right. Of course. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well. I got to tell you, last week I was down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I saw Dr. Herbert. Dr. Western, Sarah Herbert. Western Who is Kentucky this Dr. University. Dr. Herbert that we're talking Dr. about. <laughs> but I spent time with the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky University. They had me down to do like a little three day thing. So I worked with the trumpets, I worked with the brass, I played with the wooden ensemble, I played with the jazz band, I played with the brass, faculty brass quintet. I got to tell you, they're doing good work down there. This was this was uh, this is a great trip and great to see uh, Sarah Herbert, who was one of my very first students at IU. She was a junior when I got here and was actually she played for me on my interview day. She oh, was wow. One of the students they put up and said, all right, you know, work with her. Played uh, the first moment of the Kenan then. And when I got there, she was in my studio. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's just great to see all these years later. Like she, this is her second year there at Western Kentucky. And boy, she's turning them around. Great. Uh, I will tell you one quick story. There was a student last year, and she got there in her, in, her, in her first year, sent me a picture, a short video, and said, I'm hesitant, uh, but wow, does this student need an embouchure change? Oh. And the pictures, and I said, well, let me ask you some questions. Is there this, this, this? And I was like, yeah, I think so. You know, here's my best advice, you know. And I kind of forgot about it. That was a year ago. So we're wa watching the one ensemble, and she said, See that kid? That's the kid. And I said, oh, what kid? Right. The embouchure change. And right. set up, dead center, easy, playing really well, nice, great sound. I was like, wow, nice work. That's you fantastic. Know, everybody's sounding good, playing well. They have a, a trumpet ensemble going to NTC. Right. Yeah, if, I, if I would listen to them, I listen to them. They're playing well. They sounded good. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, great trip down there. Good to see Dr. Herbert doing good work. And, you know, go Hilltoppers. Wow. She's nailing stuff down there. there That's great. Yeah, she's doing yeah. great stuff. Very cool. Yeah, Bill, what do you got for us? Well, this past weekend, I was honored to go to the IUP Trumpet Reunion, and we, we did this That's reunion. The Indiana University, University of Pennsylvania. Of Pennsylvania. IUP. Yeah, the original IU. No. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Somebody and, check the dates. And all this because uh, my teacher, Kevin Eisensmith, is retiring. This, year. this is his last year. After only 800 years of teaching. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they said it wouldn't last. How old must he be if I was his student? I, I, thought, I, I, I can't believe he's still walking. Uh, how, yeah, how's exactly. he still vertical? What's going on? But, uh, you know, Kevin has had a great, great run there at IUP. Of course, he's an IUP graduate as well. All right. Nice. Um, yeah, we both studied with Dr. Bill Becker there. And then, of course, I, I didn't study with Kevin at IUP. I studied with him at Eastern Kentucky. Go Colonels. All right. Um, but, you know, it was great to have players there from across like the last 40 years, really. And uh, So you guys did do a concert? Years. Was that the deal? Yeah. We got together in the morning and we rehearsed and then we had a great meal together and then we did a concert in the afternoon and that was what, it. What did you guys play? Oh, man, a whole bunch of stuff. And we had, uh, because Kevin uh, actually was just out of the hospital, had gallbladder surgery. Oh, wait. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and then had like, to host you guys? Well, wow. and he goes, yeah, I'm not going to conduct all this stuff. So several asked several of us to wag on things. Oh, mm -hmm. you hold on a second. So <laughs> you you went to a trumpet reunion and conducted and conducted. Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah, of course did. he did. It's uh -huh. just not really about the trumpet with you. No, he <laughs> wasn't letting been. anybody else do that. Never has been. I only no. conducted one thing. Other people conducted stuff. All I conducted right. Jim Olcott's The Trumpets. It's a mar it's a really nice little march. Cool. Oh, very cool. Trumpet ensemble. Yeah. So a wide variety of stuff. We in fact we did Sacred Walls. One of the pieces. Oh yeah, right. excellent. Yeah. Yep. Anybody so, use but, the pedal, pedal A on the bottom? I, you know, I tried for it, and uh, <laughs> how'd that work for you? Nothing came out. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Wait, wait you tried that. to put that on, Bill? In you tried mind, to play it? In my mind, it was beautiful, but it was just an air ball. Yeah. Just, you know how it sounds. You know what my pedals I, are like. Hold on, I can do your pedals right now. Did you hear it? There well done. <laughs> nice <laughs> imitation. <laughs> Perfect. Not quite as flat as I am, but that was pretty close. <laughs> so as, does Kevin have plans in his retirement? What's he going to be What's he going to be doing? You know, he hasn't really talked about. That guy's been working about. hard for a long he time. He has yeah. been. You know, uh, was in the Army band, then then taught, and, and uh, taught for a long time. So, no, I think he's his wife retired a year ago, and they're just looking forward to hanging with the grandkids and enjoying nice. life. Where, where are the grandkids located? Uh, Near real there? close to them, yeah. So they don't real have to move to or anything? Nope. Nope, they're going to be right there. So oh, that's wow. excellent. Yeah, is the job posted? Cool. Uh, well, I'm not sure what they're going to do. You know, it's interesting. They have a marching band opening there too, uh, which happened pretty suddenly this year, and um, so I think they're going to try to tie those two things together. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. So, so if there might be, you know, who knows? There may be a way to get it. Because if not, I think IUP has gone the way of uh, uh, moving to the adjunct thing. Unfortunately. Oh man. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say marching band and full trumpet studio. That doesn't sound like a full-time job. Uh, oh, no, right? <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Could Lord. be a lot. Could be a lot. Anyway, that a lot. that's it. So, boys, it's time for a game. Now, I know it's been a minute, but we're going to play a little <laughs> tromba trivia tonight. <laughs> Excellent. You know, Tromba Mundi tour coming up. Seems oh, like right. The it's right. Time for some Tromba trivia. Tromba trivia. Oh, man. I'm All right, here we go. I'm ready to go. Question one. Brian, you ready? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. No. Now I'm ready. He, he doesn't I've have got a my shot at most of these. <laughs> I think Never. we're feeling. I think Brian and I are going to nail this time. I'm feeling <laughs> very confident tonight. <laughs> this episode really was written. It caters to Joey. <laughs> oh, even better. Shocking. Yeah, I feel like your mom's getting upset with me because you're not doing so well in the game. <laughs> Folding in games. I'm doing great on these games. Okay. <laughs> Unless the idea was to play them well. <laughs> All right. Question one. Which of the following is not a member of the trumpet section in the Count Basie Orchestra? 
Which one is not, Brian? Frank Green, Sean Edmonds, Brandon Lee, Seneca Black, Andre Rice. Well, see, I know this one. This is easy. Okay. Do you know this one, Brian? I have no idea. He, oh, I only know two of those I'm players. speaking another language right now. <laughs> All right, so Frank Sounded Green, like actual names, now, however. Frank Green, Frank Green joined playing lead when Mike Williams left just a couple years ago. And actually, Mike Williams and Frank Green were at North Texas together. Yeah. And just how small the world is. Go Mike and I were on the base. Mike, Mike and I were on the Miller band together, and Frank and I were on Maynard's band together. That's just how small the world is. Yeah. Right. Oh um, uh, Sean Edmonds has has been on and off the band for a while. Sean and I did our undergrads together at Eastman. Oh, but come on. Great player, and he was just doing uh, "Ain't Too Proud to Beg" on Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, which is about to close. But uh, so you not only been... know all these people, you've been keeping up with them. Well, yeah, yeah he, these are friends. Okay, okay. this is what you yeah, this is what you do this, with friends. This seems well, odd. Brian, it's like I you hung out with them or something. This exactly. is strange to you. This now, uh, now Brandon Lee's the the younger guy. I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. but I know he's on the band and been playing and, and and doing really really well. Yeah. But Andre Rice is even the 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 funnier one. Now, not like the football player. It's E N D R E. Right. Andre grew up in Rome, Georgia, with one of my good friends, Paul Nichols, who's a trombone player. They drove to their college auditions together. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is Seneca Black, who did uh, a very good stint on the Lincoln Center Band, yes, but he does did. not play in the Basie Band. So that Seneca is Black correct. is the answer. That is correct. I'd like to retire one and know, giving yeah. that's a what's, full and complete essay Sen- answer. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. holy Toledo. That's amazing. Right. What's Seneca Black doing now? He's in New York. He's been doing the New York thing since he got off the road. I mean, he went to Manhattan and then joined uh, Lincoln Center, did that for a few years. He and was pretty he's young. Road he, into it. Very yeah, young. He, he was very still young. an undergrad when he joined that band. Like, yeah, he was yeah, very yeah. young. Yeah. All right, question two. Okay. Which of the following is not a member of the trumpet section this on the Paul negative. Simon? This is so negative. I know it's very negative, yeah. God, I thought you <laughs> yeah. were more of a positive guy. I usually am, but I don't know what it is. All right, so I'm sorry. Okay. For that I think again. I'm getting dark in advance of the tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which of the following is not a member of the trumpet section on the Paul Simon tune, You Can Call Me Al? Oh, God. Great <laughs> tune, though, right? Yes. Great tune. I All only right. know one of these for sure without you naming any names. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> John Faddis, Jerry Hay, Randy Brecker, Lou Soloff, Alan Rubin. Okay, so I think, Brian, this is easy. I think process of elimination, right? Mm-hmm. Did okay. you pay attention? I did pay attention. So mm-hmm. what's your guess, Brian? <laughs> yes. I think I got this one. Faddis. No, 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 no. Faddis is definitely on that. Faddis is on that record. Of course he is. But think about this. Faddis and Randy Brecker, Lou Soloff, and Alan Rubin are all in New York. Yes, New York cats. Paul Simon's a New York guy. Mm-hmm. Jerry Hayes an L.A. guy. Oh, yes, he is. Jerry's not on that. There you go. Jerry Hayes the that. answer. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, I can't believe you didn't know that. John Faddis <laughs> and Paul Simon went to their college audition together for Rome, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels now, like. Now, oddly <laughs> enough, John Faddis is actually a California guy. He's from the yeah. Bay Area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. But he, we oh know God. him as a New York trumpet player. Okay. Brian, you're two. doing really well today. Oh, for two. He's doing great. We've got two. You're doing we, great. We're two for two as a <laughs> you team. You guys are solving this in a very collaborative yeah. fashion. I think somebody's exactly. carrying me for this game mm-hmm. and all of the games. <laughs> all right. Question three. Who was the trumpet player featured on the Blood, Sweat, and Tears hit single, Spinning Wheel? Come on, man. I don't even need this. You know this. Come you don't on, even Ryan. need the list. Everyone knows this. Do you I know there this? Is, there is no not. list. This is completion. Yeah. All right. I, I have no I, idea. Really? No. No idea. All right. Do you know whose place he took on the band? How about this? All right. Bill doesn't even know that. All right. The original trumpet player on this, on the on the group, I believe, was Randy Brecker, but he left to go play with his brother and start a group, and Lou Soloff took his place, <laughs> and Lou Soloff is the featured trumpet player on Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That wow. is correct. That is right. Yeah. And that Brecker thing, what a mistake, never took off. 
I know. So, I mean, never probably never heard of that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Who's that Randy Brecker guy? He should have stayed and done the record. Yeah, but yeah, that's Lou Soloff. Uh, you know, of all you the things it. Lou did, uh, and they were wide and varied and many, but that's probably outside the trumpet world the most famous one. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Question four: Which of the following did not play? See, negative the, again. A very yeah. negative. negative. In the Oakland funk band Tower of Power. Oh, T O P. T O P, baby. You know Mick what is Gillette. Hip, hipness is what it is. Right? Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mick Gillette, Adolfo <laughs> Acosta, Mike Bogart, Scott Engelbright, Mike Chickowitz. All right. I know this one. Do you know this one? No. I have no idea. How do you not know this? Okay. So uh, uh, probably <laughs> the, the longest standing uh, of all the, the original times was Mick Gillette. Yeah, of right? course. And, and the original. Out, and then out on the road. Um, wait, can you give us all those names again? Yeah, that was Adolfo, Adolfo Acosta. Definitely on the band, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Adolfo was at North Texas when I was there. Right, yeah. Yep. And then you said Mike Bogart. Mike Bogart. Mike Bogart definitely played on the band for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Engelbright you... and Chickowitz. Mm-hmm. See, Scott never actually played on that band. Mm-hmm. Mike did for a minute. Mike though. did? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Scott didn't play. Uh, Scott played on. Uh, you are now right. Scott and Adolfo were at North Texas together as well. Right? They were. Scott played yeah. leading the one, while Adolfo played leading the two. Yeah, for and those Scott years came on on Maynard's band right after I did. Yep. You know, and then he was out at, in California. Now he's out in New York as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, is he just yeah, freelancing he, in the city now? Yeah. 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 But yeah, Scott never played on 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 top. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Got it. And for those of you listening who might be thinking. There's a Mike Chickowitz, like I've heard of Vince Chickowitz. <laughs> Mike is Vince's son, and That's yes, right. he is also a professional treble player. Yes, and How's according to Bill, my boy. So he is your boy. Yeah. That's right. Mike is your boy. I do like Mike. I met Mike, Mike. And I do like yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Question five: Which of the following did not play in the famous Black Dyke Brass Band? Which of the following? Who or of who? the following? Who? Of the whom? Following? Whom of the? Oh my God! Don't make me come over there. <laughs> Now, Brian, this is on you. This okay. is Brass Band stuff. Should be able to pull this unless, off here. unless my name is on this list, I don't know the answer to <laughs> no. this. Okay. No. Your name is in the bonus question. No. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Right. Are you ready, Brian? I'm Who ready. Did not play in Dyke. Okay. Philip McCann, Roger Webster, Maurice Murphy, Murray Gregg, Adam Finch. Um. All right. I know who three of those people are. <laughs> But I couldn't put a band with any of them. Wow, I don't. Did Murray Murray play with Dyke? Wow, I don't know if Murray played with Dyke. Okay, so you got Phil McCann, Roger Webster, yeah. Maurice Murphy, Murray Gregg, and Adam Finch. Which yeah. one did not play with Dyke? I I'm gonna guess Murray Gregg did not play with Dyke. Joey, it's Adam Finch. Well, Joey, it's Adam Finch. You, it's definitely Adam Finch. Joey, if you don't get, if you guys don't yeah. get, agree on this. Joe has to play seven double C's. <laughs> no, I think if I get it right, Brian gets it wrong. He has to play. I have to play a double C. Brian I played one play... in August, but it hasn't Brian... made an appearance since then. Brian has to play the solo from Spinning Wheel on his cornet. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what do you guys think? I think it's Adam Finch. He says with authority, Brian. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> I don't actually know. I don't know Adam Finch at all. Me neither. Okay. Yeah. I figured if he played on Black Dyke, I would have known him. Yeah. I, did Murray play with Dyke for 10? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> said that with such conviction. Yeah. Did I believe Murray he, play he, with was, Dyke? Uh, he was in the corner chair, wasn't he? Was he third man? He was, was top that man. A thing? 
It was tough. All right, I'll, I'll, I think I'll bump, get sucked. I think he was bumper up. <laughs> he he might have been. And you're bumper down is what you are, <laughs> and you're out. Joey overthinks everything. So he does. yeah. Man. So Brian, what do you say? I don't think Murray played with Tyke. He and did play with right. Tyke. Murray. Did oh, he didn't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Adam Finch totally did, and you know how I know that. You said he John Fattis went to no, <laughs> no, because he's on the website. If you oh, go to he's the website, there, he's playing there now. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mr. Finch. Wow, you guys were trauma trivia just I don't know, <laughs> nailed it. We have Brutal. gotten it's, every question right. Yeah, I'm glad Murray didn't even, play there. But, <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of you, you got you you got it all right tonight. Nailed it. Nailed it. Completely Piece killed of cake. it. Holy smokes. Outstanding. I'm Great exhausted. Work. All right, boys, time for a couple of things. Deciding on a school can be an overwhelming endeavor. There are a lot of things to consider as you make this all-important decision. And while it's important to get this right for your undergraduate degree, we feel it's also quite, if not more important, to get it right for your graduate degree. In fact, some might say, importanter. So no, no one would say that. <laughs> so this episode is devoted to sharing our thoughts on selecting the right grad school. Uh, so here we go, boys. The Open Bell Graduate School Buyer's Guide. Yeah. Here we go. Because yeah, I think I we've think... all, yeah, you know, we've guided a lot of students toward this. So what do we got? Absolutely. Now, when you're looking at an undergrad, and we talked about this a little bit, like, you know, there are tons and tons of great places. But by the time you're ready to do a master's, I think you should have more of an idea of what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're coming into an undergrad and thinking, I want to play trumpet, I think that's cool. I don't think right. you have to know a lot more than that. I ask students, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. Okay. And they're, you know, but by the time you're looking to do a master's, I think you should be fine tuning. Yeah. So if you're fine tuning, now that also you should be fine tuning where you're and how you're looking. Right? Am I agreed? Are, are we together? Oh, yeah, so far? for sure. So far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, go ahead. Go for it. No, I, I have a primary thing. I'll see how you guys feel about this. Because I think the master's degree, the most important thing about the master's degree is the teacher, period. I think it's the first decision. I think it's the primary thing that we got to get right. I I agree with that. Now, I, I mean, there are other factors that, that can and probably should be involved. Like I of will course. tell you, when I was looking for a master's degree, right, so I'm getting ready knowing I'm not staying in the Army, and I think, okay, let's go back to school and, and see what's out there. And I thought, here's what I want. And I did, in this order, I need a great trumpet teacher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I would also like a, a great program, mm-hmm. and I would also like a place that has some opportunity for work, like kind of in that order. Sure. Nice. Now, for me... I got incredibly lucky uh, or put myself in a position where I could have that luck. And those are related. We could talk about that some other time. But University of Miami at that time, there was Gil Johnson, retired mm-hmm. principal trumpet of the Philadelphia Orchestra. So I was going to be his teaching assistant. Check. Yeah. Check. University of Miami to do a master's in jazz studies. Great you know, ensemble. One, pro- yeah. one of the top programs in the, in the country, if not the world. Check. Mm-hmm. And Miami, nice big freelancing scene. Check, check, check. No brainer. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, once that kind of all lined up for me, I didn't even look anybody anywhere else. Now, and, and it really lined up because you, I mean, the other factor here with the grad school is that, you know, you, you got money, right? Yes. There was an assistantship, and that, that's a huge factor too, which, 
you you got to weigh that in. I mean, my philosophy has always been my undergrads, when they leave, I don't want them paying for a graduate degree. I don't want them paying for a master's degree. So I yes. do everything I can to get them somewhere to have all these things balance out, and in particular, so that they don't have to pay. Yeah, there's an, there's enough player places with with money and needs need players with good teachers mm -hmm. um, that I, th I think you can you can safely get somebody into a program that doesn't have to pay or uh, anything or a lot, right? right? Especially if they have loans coming from from but, an undergrad. But let's go to place. the teacher thing because I, I think yes. this gets messed up a lot. I think some people. Uh, either think or are told well you have to find somebody that's doing what you want to do and i think that's a huge problem <laughs> yeah yeah right because yeah, here's here you know here's the thing if you look at what i've done in my career none of my teachers did any of that right right my teachers were all primarily orchestral trumpet players right right you know so did they did they do a bad job maybe i'm the black <laughs> sheep of the family mm -hmm. but you know it, it was about <laughs> exactly. they were the right teachers for me at the time to prepare me for what i wanted to do uh, so you don't need somebody that is necessarily doing what you think you want to do. You need somebody that can get you where you want to go. And those are not always the same thing. Right. I mean, what are the chances you're going to be able to study with someone who's the principal trumpet in an orchestra? I mean, though, that's, you know, and have all these other things line up. It's yeah. just not going to be the case. So about the teacher, I have a list of things that I've been that I've thought about with that. I mean, obviously, the, the teacher's ability to teach, like you're saying, the ability yeah. to get you from one place to the other. Sure. Uh, and th I guess that falls into their reputation as a teacher. In other words, um, you know, what what have they produced? What are their students doing? You know, what recordings do they have out? Um, and more, more importantly, what's their pedagogy? Like, yeah. do some digging to find out how it is they do what they do. Have they published? Have they written articles? Have you they know? written a book of contemplative studies? For example... <laughs> And but, what a uh, great example it is. A great one. But but now it is so much easier than oh ever gosh, to, to make that kind that of contact. Yeah. You know, when we were growing up or even when Bill was growing up, you know, uh, <laughs> the idea of contacting uh, a teacher at a, at a major school could be wildly intimidating. Yeah. Where I get emails on a regular basis, as do you. I'm, I'm sure you guys do as well. Mm -hmm. The idea of, hey, could I, you know, could I come visit and grab a lesson? Or, and especially for grad school. Wow, if you're not, if you don't already know the teacher by the time you've auditioned, I really think you're selling yourself short because exactly what you're talking about, Bill, you want to know not only uh, their pedagogy and what they're doing and have done your homework, you want to know, do I want to work with this person? Do I get along with yeah. this person? Yeah. 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 Is this I, going to work? I mean, I say that all the time. Like, you have to go take a lesson or, or a couple lessons. You want to find out if you want to spend an hour or two a week in a room with this person. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. And, when and I, yeah, go ahead. Again, when I, I, this is before I left the army and I had, I had some friends in the jazz department there that were like, oh, you know, we could need a lead player. And all. I was going to be down there on tour. I called Gil Johnson on the phone. It was a little in, intimidating. Yeah. I'm going to be in town. Is there anybody could come take a lesson? Okay, sure. Meet me in my office at 10 o'clock on that day, whatever it was. So I came in. I said, well, I'm looking at this and this is what I'm looking to do. All right, we'll play something for me. I think we could. I think we could do some. I think we could do some work. Here. And I'm like, I love this guy. Like it's just the right. no, no nonsense sort of yelling at me. You know, you can't play trumpet like that, and, and you know, just absolutely no filter right down the middle. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Now this for somebody else, they might have met him and thought he's scary, and I don't want that. Right. But I thought, oh no, this is going to be great. And yeah. that was, you know, that was a long time ago. So if you're looking at a master's at a grad school and you haven't met that teacher, talked to them, had a lesson with them, 
you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to move around and get in front of those those people and play for them. And you know, as a as somebody who sees a lot of graduate students, Joey, isn't it nice when students contact you and you get a sense of who they are and how they play? And then you might be able to see from the lesson to the audition how much of what I said stuck. Oh, absolutely. And think of it from if you're wondering, well, yeah, but that could be cost prohibitive to go and visit. Well, boy, it's a lot less cost prohibitive than like getting getting into a master's degree and thinking, <laughs> oh, no, I've made a this terrible a mistake. Because mistake. if yeah. you start mm-hmm. an undergrad and go in your first year thinking, uh, this isn't the right place. You can transfer and, and you might lose a semester. You might be able to graduate on time. As a graduate student, it's just not the same. No. You know, a master's degree is generally four semesters. So if you get the right. one semester in and go, what have I done? If you want to go somewhere else, you're starting over. Yep. Yeah. So it's better to make that, do that homework out front. Meet that teacher. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is why we're doing this, because we want to raise awareness about the things you should be looking for. I mean, from the onset, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I know when I first reached out to Kevin about going to Eastern Kentucky, just from the way he was on the phone, the things he shared with me, you know, the, the talking about his teaching and what was happening in the studio and his role in ITG and all those things, I thought, yeah, this is a person. I'm looking for a professional role model here. This is the guy. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, because I was aware of what I wanted. One of my current doctoral students, when he contacted me, he was uh, in the Army in Alaska. Mm. And he said, oh, well, right. I, was like, I was trying to get yeah. down, but... It's kind of, and I said, well, we could do something, you know, online and kind of do some things. And we were just talking. I said, well, tell me about yourself. He said, well, you know, I've been, I've been doing this about 10 years now. And uh, I don't think this is, this is where I want to stay for another 10. So I think now's the time. And, you know, I've got my master's thinking to get a doctorate. I'd really like to be teaching and doing some stuff. Now I'm married and, and I've got three daughters. And so I, I, I laughed and I said, so hold on a second. You're going to be leaving the army. You'd like to be teaching college and you're uh, married with three daughters. Where else would you go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking about somebody. Right. And he laughed, you know. Lines right we, up. But we've gotten along really, really well. He's finished his coursework. He's teaching full-time in college right now. That's you know, great. so you know, But uh, you talk about looking for somebody that is going to get to where you're going and understands who you are. And mm-hmm. right, there it was. Mm-hmm. You know. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that is the person, I think, uh, and it worked beautifully for me because then Kevin was the person that networked things and got me to North Texas. Right. right? It was because mm-hmm. of him that I, you know, met Keith and uh, the program and all that. And uh, and so that, but but all that was front loaded. Like I kind of knew. I went in kind of knowing that he was the guy. I didn't just stumble on him because I went to this school, you know. Uh, right. And if or, you know, or you just go, well, I heard that place is good. Or, well, right. that place is cheap, so I'll just go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I yeah. did have a grad student once who was deciding between IU and another school say, well, as it turns out, the person I'm going there to study with isn't going to be there next year. So they're going to give me more teaching. And so they're giving me more money as an assistantship. Mm. And I said, listen, I, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm not here to talk you out of stuff, but I want you to think that the reason that you were going there is for that teacher. And that teacher is very, very good. But now the reason you're going to choose there is because he's not there. Think about that in your education. Mm-hmm. You know, that I thought that was a fundamentally flawed idea. Well, you can think about that. Just is the teacher there all the time or are they always on the road somewhere, um, you know, doing something else other than teaching you at your assigned lesson slot each week? Well, this goes for all degrees. Your best mm-hmm. source of information for what's really going on in any school is to talk to current students. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So because sure enough, one of my undergrads came in and said, so I heard so and so got in who's an auditioning student for next year. 
I said, I didn't know you knew them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had done this summer thing together when we were in high school. I said, oh. So tell them everything. Like, you know, mm-hmm. tell, give them the good, the bad, the, the ugly. And then, and, then, and then get them here. <laughs> and she said, right. I'm working on it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, talk to current students. And if you're talking to a teacher who, who, and you're thinking about going somewhere for grad school, saying, hey, so what have your, uh, your recent grad students gone and done? And do you have any current ones I could talk to? Yeah. And I think any any teacher who who's looking to get good people in their program be like, yeah, hold on a second. I know I check with students. Hey, can I give uh, can I give the student your email address? They want to talk about the program, and invariably, of course, be happy to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, that's the way to go. I mean, th- they are your best resource, which leads me to my next thing because I think this is something that's in, this is another important consideration, and that is the school's culture. Oh yeah, um, right. Like what. What is it actually like there? What is the level of other students? What is their commitment? Um, what are the qual? What about the quality of the ensembles? What about the commitment of the administration? How are the facilities? I mean, what's right. it like to be there on a daily basis and and make your way? Absolutely, and and not to be too negative, but I do know of one school that shall remain nameless, that is notorious for being a very easy doctoral program. So there have been lots of players that like, hey, I know if I go there, I take a couple of classes, I do some recitals, they'll kind of just shuffle me through and I, I can get my piece of paper. And I'm thinking, wow, what a waste of time and money. Committees right? know about that school. Yeah, <laughs> they, they do. Committees exactly. look at those resumes and go, exactly. um. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, all right. You know, because I, I actually warn anybody looking here for a doctorate, you know, and they, they'll call and talk. I said, just so you know, our doctorate is a gigantic pain in the butt. <laughs> now that it being is. said <clears throat> it's a great degree mm-hmm. and it really does do a lot to help you you know get to that next place but yeah you want to be looking exactly what bill said not i mean the teacher's primary right but then yeah the culture of that school what's going on there are not just in your area so you're thinking like well sure there are certainly great trumpet players there what else is there you That's know right. I, I mean there are other people because this is as we've talked about before, every business is a who you know business at some level. Sure. Mm-hmm. So when you get out there and and you're looking at schools and there's a musicology professor on the on the search committee looking for trumpets, where did that person go to school? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, oh, guess what? Five years from now, you're seeing all of those same people all over and over again because you went to school with them. Right. Yeah, right. this is where you build those networks. So during your undergrad, you're meeting tons and tons of people. And if you do this right, when you do your next degree, you're meeting tons and tons of more people, right. all of which are just building that network that are going to uh, be part of how you succeed in your career. Well, and that's why it's important to surround yourself with the right people, because your network is is meaningless or weak if those people aren't going to go on and get involved and do great things too, <laughs> right? right? Like So, right. you know, uh, this is the thing I, I look back at you know, my, at North Texas in particular, where, you know, the ensembles you play and the people you meet, how many of those, the people I was around ended up in DC military bands or ended yeah. up in college positions somewhere. And so that, that's a viable, incredible network, you know, right. of people. And, and in the moment, uh, surrounded by phenomenal players who push you every day, everyone's oh. pushing everyone. Right. I remember being out on the road in the army and, you know, we were all over the place, but we were in, um, Bemidji, Minnesota. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, there are two towns in Minnesota that have statues of Paul Bunyan. 
Bemidji is one of them, and the other mm-hmm. is Brainerd. Um, yeah. But we were playing at Bemidji State University, and you know somebody came up on stage, and this was not. I mean, I was you know just out of my undergrad, but it seemed everywhere we went, I knew somebody. Yep. And the guys in the band are like, "Come on, what is?" So here we are, Bemidji, Minnesota. Person walks up afterwards. Hey, Joey. I almost didn't recognize you. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Teaching at Bemidji State. Had been doing a doctorate at Eastman. I was doing an undergrad. Nice. They're like, come on. You do not know people in Bemidji. Everywhere, yeah. Of course. Right. How, do you, how do you not know people in Bemidji? I'm going to go see the Paul Bunyan statue. So, you know, <laughs> but that's, you know, you build that network, you know, and then I go down to Miami and, that, and it grows even more. Right. So that now pretty much everywhere you go, you just keep running into people you know over and over again. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that network is huge. And again, like when it's happening, when you're building that web network, be aware of that, right? You need, ultimately, you're going to need that to move on. Yeah. You, you know, you need that, but the culture, let's not skip over the culture of no, the, the school. It's all the, cul- the culture. Right? The culture yeah. of the school is enormous because there are people who have look at grad school as like, well, I guess I have to go get another degree or, <laughs> well, I guess I'll do this, you know, while I'm waiting for the world to discover how great I am, you know, <laughs> but, you know, and there are people that think that like, well, yes, I'll do, I guess know, there are. The only reason I'm not doing this is because I don't have a master's or I don't have a doctorate where that's usually not the only reason that can be a contributing factor. Right. Uh, right. So what you've got to be doing is, is there growth happening? Is the, is the student body there for the right reasons? Cause if you're just there to check a box and, you know, and, and, you know, you have a, a culture of, well, yeah, we just have to do this to get through this. We get our piece of paper. Run, do not walk yeah, in the opposite man. direction. You want to be people that are taking it seriously. And that's an interesting part here, for example, where, you know, from a performance standpoint, you know, we've had grad students regularly show up here on Trumpet and within their first couple of weeks going, oh, my, I'm getting <laughs> my butt kicked in auditions, my undergrads. We're like, yeah, right. that's fine. We don't worry about that. It's okay. Right. It's yeah. it's about we'll take you where you are and you can get better. Right. You know, but they're used to coming from maybe a smaller place where they were one of the strongest players. Then they come here and they're like, oh, wait a minute, that's mm-hmm. sophomore? We're like, yeah, it's but, fine. But it's that's okay. what you want, right? That I mean, like, should be what you want, but it can be really intimidating yeah, for a, a grad student. Yeah, you got to know the truth. You got to you got to learn the truth. Yeah, and that's a time where like if you're if you're in a place and there you know you go to visit or spend a little time there and no one's practicing. <laughs> right like right. you can walk in and get a practice room anytime a day mm, maybe right. not so much so many schools are streaming so much now it's easy to you find should out. be yep. able to check out how the ensembles sound without even leaving your living room yeah yeah uh, sure. if you want to know if they do they have a good orchestra or don't they because you're going to need that at this point yeah you right? want do they that. have a great band yeah if you're going to yeah. try to get a military band position they need to have a great band yeah you want to be playing those pieces, doing that stuff. So, boy, check out, you know, this is where you can do a ton of research without leaving, you know, even right. in the palm of your hand, literally just using yeah. your phone. But, you know, you hop on the computer and say, let's check out a concert. Hey, so-and-so yeah. school is doing this. Oh, they're doing Mahler 5 tonight. Let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. You know, the band's <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, the jazz band's going and doing this. Listen. Say, yeah. do, do I want to be a part of that? And, you know, while I, I did mention facilities, it is possible to be somewhere where the cult, the facilities might be just terrible, but the culture is so strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sure. people are people are practicing and digging in and doing what they should do. But if, if it's if that's also a negative on the list, is it really worth it? You know, you want to make right. sure you have a great place to be and to work and it's going to be yeah. conducive and all that. All know, of so. that. Yeah. And, and yeah, you want to find and you, these things may 
rank a little differently here and there, depending on, like if this is so strong, this maybe outweigh this because I don't think I don't think there are a lot of places that are going to check every single box you have. Right. But boy, you know, the teacher part of it and the culture part of it, that's one that's one and one A. I mean, it's one and two. Without those two things, it's going to be really hard for you to get to the next place. Yeah. If right. you're the one upholding the standard at all times, it can right. get yeah. pretty tiring. Yeah, it can be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we did mention this, but I think it's important to while you're doing the research on the ensembles and checking all that and trying to piece together what the culture might be, look for grads of the program. Like yeah. We, what we, are their people do, doing? Yeah, yeah, what are they sure. doing? You know, and because we all know that there are certain hotbeds in the country of of places where great players come from, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but that hotbed, you know, just luckily followed Charlie and Barbara around. Right. Well, yeah, they're, a perfect, a they're a perfect. They're perfect example, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, they just got lucky. Well, no, they're. I mean, they're a really, really good example because you know you think, well, I mean, Eastman's a great school. Of course, Eastman is great. I mean, Eastman's always great. It doesn't matter who's teaching there. It's just a great school. And then they leave and they go to Northwestern. And well, I mean, Northwestern. Well, it's always yeah, I mean, a really it's good Chicago. school, I guess. I mean, it's Chicago. Yeah. Then they move to Rice. And like, well, I mean, but you know, well, Rice. I mean, they've got money. Everybody and knows. And I'm yeah. like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Every play, you know, when they leave, <laughs> suddenly there's a shift in where people are winning orchestra auditions from. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an accident. Total coincidence. Total. Yeah. They're just lucky. They're just lucky. They're, they're just, just lucky to get good students. They're just but really, it does really it lucky. does affirm our idea, right? The teacher. Yeah. Sure. The teacher makes a difference. Get, Absolutely get to the right. right teacher. Huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, right do you, teacher. what do you guys think about length of program? Well, I mean, Matt, if we're talking about masters, most places are sort of fixed at a, at a four semester, like two year thing, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, and I don't, I don't think it should be longer than that. It's, it's I don't think so either. No. What if it's, it's shorter? A, what if it's a one year program? I didn't I look at one-year programs. I did not look at one-year programs. The only one I remember from that used to be one year was Northwestern. It Northwestern. was one calendar yeah. year. That's no longer the case. Yeah. It used yeah. to be the case. It's two now. Yeah, but they used to do like, well, if you come here for one calendar year, we can, we can get you out and have your master's. But if you're really looking, I, the only time I could see that would be a real advantage is if you're in a job and are taking a leave to go do a degree and you're going to go back to that job. Yeah, that's a good Other point. Other than that, what don't you want the time? You know, I yeah. remember they started a program when I was a freshman in high school. So they took all the people that were making good grades and they put us in a room and they said, how about this? We're going to put you in this accelerated program and it's going to cover some summertime and some stuff like that. And you'll all graduate in three years. Who's interested? And a lot of people raised their hand and my friends looked at me and they said, you don't want to get out? You know, nobody really wants to be in school. I'm like, this doesn't help me. I want to play trumpet. I need time. <laughs> right yeah like graduating a year early i keep practicing you know a year i I can't cram an extra year of practice and that's just not how it works so i thought no this doesn't apply to me this doesn't do me any good well i I always view the masters as sort of a sort of a pass go thing right like i you know you're going on to get the doctorate right like you don't want it to take too long now you want it to be you want the time to be sufficient you want the face time you want to be there and have the experience but man three years that's just that's just eating into doctoral time and one that, year I, I don't think is enough i think well, you i don't think enough. one year is enough Brian, where was the one year like the acme trumpet school no. what was i that? think i think it was northwestern it when i was looking at that yeah wow. yeah and i was like i would like to go to northwestern i mean i auditioned there and got in as an undergrad and decided to go to oberlin i couldn't play baseball at northwestern obviously or at michigan but i could play baseball at oberlin um but i <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how he made his college. Well, one of the one of the I reasons. Loved it so much. Eventually, yeah. you played baseball at Overland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, if you could call it that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we couldn't really call it that. Although we did have a guy drafted, Chip Winarski, who, when sure. he was a sophomore, he led the nation in basketball in scoring. Division three led the nation in scoring, and he also threw nearly ninety miles an hour. Um, he had a really live fastball. He got drafted by the White Sox. Played a couple wow. years in the in the minors. Yeah. <laughs> Chip Warnowski. What a great Chip Warnowski. And where's Chip now? Um, he's a, he was really smart. He was like an English major as well, and uh, he's writing somewhere. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. You got to remember, and, Division Three. There's no academic uh, athletic scholarship. No right? athletic so you scholarship. Actually, you had to actually get yeah. into Overland at that point. Yeah, we had a guy named a uh, pitcher named Jerry Carter who did throw also nearly ninety, and he um, he was on the three two engineering program, and he left and went to Penn State for the rest of for the two years. I mean, <laughs> no he way. was like he was like, I can be with you for, two, for three years, and then then I'm out. I got to I got to do this. Thing. No, you don't understand. <laughs> just for engineering, he's like, it's not that important to me. <laughs> okay, but if we can talk about a doctorate just for a second, we're talking master's doctorate. Sure. This is my own personal bias and since i'm one third of the podcast i'm throwing this out there you're allowed if, if you go directly from undergrad to master's which i think is fine then don't go directly do from not, master's yeah. to doctorate go do something yeah do something yeah you know because i you know when i'm reviewing you know resumes and looking things and and i see okay so you did an undergrad here oh good 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 you went here for master's oh that's nice huh? and went here for doctorate those are all good schools guy oh so you've done nothing in, in outside of academia i yeah. want some real world experience outside of the academy so whether that comes after your undergrad or after your master's before you start a doctorate you should have some professional experience my so own how many, personal how, bias there how much of that do you like to see how, would you like somebody to go teach public school for example how long do you want them to go do that at least a few years yeah that's yeah. that's the usual right yeah two or three yeah. years yeah, yeah. But, i mean like my uh, my current doctoral students right now are in their 30s yeah, you know, you guys have met Will and Bud. <laughs> you know, you but uh, uh, you know, Clark's finishing up, and he's he you know didn't start his doctorate. Neither of them started their doctorate until they're in their thirties. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think that's right. What they did is went out and they had a career. They were out doing things in the profession. You that's know, what I did, and was considered yeah. a non-traditional student. Well, and oh, I well. Think that, but I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I think you're uh, then you're more serious about why you're getting a doctorate, and then you're also more serious as a student. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I had, to, I had uh, three years between the master's and the doctorate, and, and it I was took, super I helpful. Four, I took four years between my undergrad and master's. Yeah. I did five between the undergrad and master's, yeah. and then once I went back, then of, then of course I was I was in it then. Like, let's go. Right, then you're just going straight through. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to that end, you know, I, I was fortunate because it all lined up for me because I found Kevin through my undergrad teacher, So, and I decided he was the teacher for me. But, yeah. um, of course, I ended up at what we like to call one of the directional schools, right? <laughs> the directional schools have money, right? <laughs> Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Northern, you know, like these sort yeah. of the mid-range, they're not the flagship schools where you might go for the doctor, but they're that, that next layer where they've got assistantships and they've got grad students teaching a bunch of stuff and that all lined up. Perfectly. You're going to get a lot of experience playing. Yeah. I yep. played in the faculty quintet. Yep. And you there know? are a lot, like we've said before, there are lots of places that have really good opportunity. Yep. Yeah. So the idea of, well, but I have to go to conservatory A or conservatory B, right. just not true. 
No. That's just not the case. You know, you want to find the right fit. So what about find... access to what you hear? Like I don't know ac- what you mean by that. Access to that. Yeah. Maybe. What about access to a great orchestra or a great jazz scene oh, that right. you can go oh, yeah. listen to? Well, that's what I was saying. Like when I chose Miami, I mean, it had all the boxes I wanted to check at the time. But yeah, if you want to go to, if you're, if you want to, if you want to be somebody who is a freelancer and then you decide I'm going to go to Northwest Montana State, mm-hmm. well, maybe that's not going to be the best fit for you because there is no scene there. Right. Where if or you if found, you're a fr- freelancer and you go and you want to do your master's in D.C. Yeah. As a trumpet player and you go, yeah. well, there are like 800 trumpet players yeah. who, who are full time musicians and who freelance. And get the gigs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but grad school can be a great way to break into a scene, even a busy one. Yes. You know, because now you didn't just move to town. You're like, well, what'd you do? Well, I moved to town. I'm going to kind of make my way here. You can say, oh, I, I came here to go to school. What's going on here? Yep. And it's a way to meet students who are also doing the same thing. Uh, the teachers are likely people performing in that area. It and graduates it plugs, who are in that area. And it plugs you into that scene without you just coming in, you know, completely blind without knowing anyone. Yep. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, could we, I wonder if we could just veer into this for a little bit because I want to make sure we cover this. Um, but some of the personal issues with making that leap and going to grad school. Some things to consider, like maybe the distance from your home base, if that's important to you. And, you know, considering that you're going to have to go to this place and live every day. So mm. what's the apartment scene like? Do you know how to cook chicken? Um, you know, <laughs> you don't need to cook like, chicken. <laughs> sorry, Brian. No, you don't need to Brian. cook chicken. <laughs> what, why would you eat it raw, Brian? Of course you would need to cook chicken. Everyone cooks chicken, Brian. You feed chickens. You don't have to eat them. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, where do the eggs come from? <laughs> well, ours are currently not producing, so they're, Sarah calls them freeloaders. <laughs> oh, no. Lazy, lazy yeah. chickens. Lazy. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, these, these other things that people don't often factor in that, yeah, you act, at some point you're actually going to have to put all your stuff in your car and move somewhere. <laughs> Go there. And then find a place to live and then, you know, cook tofu every day. There yeah, that, that was for you. Thank yeah, you. But you, you, you shouldn't eat tofu. Stop I doing appreciate that. You know? that. <laughs> right. But yeah, you do want to consider if where you are living is important to you, then that becomes a huge part of this. Right. You know, for me personally, that was never that was never an issue. I just wanted to go where I could go play trumpet. So, you know, I grew up in Texas. And I went to college in New York and then I went moved to D.C. for a job and moved down to Florida to do a master's. So uh, for me, I was just like, well, let's go. But there are people who are like, but I want to be. And then that just you, then that just limits your circle, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then if that is important to you, then you're making different decisions. Because certainly, right. you know, I had good options inside of Texas. Ray Corsera was still teaching at University of Texas when I graduated high school. I could have gone there and gotten a great education as well. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, and that was, you know, what, 60 miles from the house I grew up in. Right. Yeah. So if, if that were, a, if that was a primary part that I need to stay close to home, there would certainly still an option right there. Or people want to save money and commute. Yeah, sure. And for me, it was an it was exciting to think about not staying in the area, or <laughs> yes, not staying exactly. in the region. Like, let's you know, let's have go. A, go have an adventure. Yeah. And I like that idea. You know, let, you know, get out and you know, plug yourself in somewhere new. You know, go meet new people. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I like that idea. I do know students who go to the UK for graduate school for a master's degree. Mm. Those yeah, are but, generally one year programs. Yeah, but it's in cornets because it's just so easy to play cornet. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Come on. That's don't they call that, don't they call that university over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. They call that uni. You're going to uni. uni. You're going, going to, to uni. uni. Yeah, to with uni. your cornet. Yeah. And that's with why it doesn't, yeah, it's less information to cover. Sorry. Yeah, well, you have, there's fewer information to cover. Don't, don't make me come over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, this is the thing, too. Like, you, you can sit back and go, well, yeah, that, this is the logical thing. I'm going to go to this school, and this is where I'm going to go, and that, that's going to be it. But, um, you know, there is the real-life aspect of that, of getting there and living there and knowing know, the, pers the whole personal side of it, what that yeah, and, impact is going to be. But this is, yet again, another reason to talk to current students. Right. So if, you, if you're thinking about doing a master's at, you know, the University of X and you've talked to the trumpet teacher and the trumpet teacher seems like a good match. And you say to the trumpet teacher, hey, can I talk to some of your current grad students? The trumpet teacher is probably going to say, sure, let me check with them. I'll see what they can do and share some stuff. And then that's the question you should be asking. What's it like living in University X town? Right. You know, well, what's it like? like a... Is there opportunity? Is there stuff? You know, how is it? What's the rent like? Is it overpriced? Is it reasonable? Mm -hmm. Get all the real world stuff. Absolutely. And not that this might be a, dis a complete deal breaker, but, you know, you want to look at things like fees. You know, like, <laughs> because some schools are oh like, oh, this God. is super cheap. But then, like, you get this list of fees that is crazy. And then there's nowhere to park. Yeah. For, well, hey, to be fair, most, most large schools in the country, there's nowhere to park. Well, that's true too. Yeah, if you're yeah. in a big school somewhere, you know your your parking pass is a hunting license. That's right; right. it's a hunting license. <laughs> <laughs> you're just out hunting for spaces. But definitely, uh, definitely, all things to consider. And if the teacher, if you asked to talk to some of the students, and the teacher said sure, but just know that they lie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you can't believe anything my students say. <laughs> but we did have a, we did have a grad student come in a few years ago, uh, and ask exactly that question. It was a so what yeah. are your recent grads doing? And I watch John and Ed because they just don't think of it this way. They're like, I'm teaching, and I send them out, and they go do stuff, you know. And <laughs> right. I said, oh, well, you know, from Ed's studio recently, we have boom, boom, and boom, boom, boom. And from John's studio recently, this and this, and this. From my studio recently, this and this and this. And he's like, oh, well, great. Thanks so much. Student walks out of the room, and door closes, and John and Ed look at me and go, man, that makes us sound pretty good good I said, guys <laughs> i think we are pretty good we're doing you know, okay <laughs> it was yeah. like well when you put it that way but it was a it was a really good question yeah. you know i'm thinking about coming here you know which is moving out here and spending a couple of years there like so what do people who do people who've done that in the past what are they doing it's a good question right yeah i mean ideally if you if this episode leaves you with a lot of questions questions to ask or things to ponder then we're we're kind of doing our job yeah, I think totally. we're doing I, okay too. I think all things being equal we're doing it right I think we're doing it right there right. it is absolutely <laughs> we like the way we're doing it yeah. <laughs> we, we like the like, way we're choosing grad we like school the way we're doing it that's right <laughs> well but we we've all we all did this so Bill you went and taught public school right right, right out of your undergrad right out yeah. and then right I went out. out I went and joined the army uh -huh. So I played in a big band uh, Brian did you go straight to masters I went straight to masters and then yeah. what and then I taught for two years and played freelance you, for, so for another year. So you went masters year. first and then? And then took a three-year break from school and taught and played. Yeah. And then I went, then I came out here for a doctorate. And then you came back and did the doctorate. Yep. Yeah. There you go. See? So, uh, you know, not wildly different, but slightly different patterns that mm -hmm. led us where we wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. And all and of us, know, all of us, completely different schools. We don't have any school overlap among the three of us. No. That's correct. Three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Nine schools. No, sorry. I only went to eight. two. Yeah, eight schools. Why is oh right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, doctor, doctor, 
Mr. Mr. Cartel. The professor. But there, wow. there, this, is, this brings up a good point, too, which is you have to know your own tolerance for the school thing. Because I recall, oh, right, yes. I recall getting out of undergraduate school saying, I am never going back again. Yeah, like, I'm same, done. I had the same thought. <laughs> right? And then, but then you realize, no, I want to, like, I, you know, you obviously set a goal for yourself, whether it's to teach college or whatever it is, and realize that you need to go back. Yeah. Right. Well, then by the time I did go, I was a really different student. Right. When I went back. Sure. Than I was as a as an undergrad. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, but but I think you have to know your tolerance, too, because I knew once I got back, I was I was in it. It was going to be two years of the master's degrees and then and then on to the on to the doctorate. But, you know, I at that point I was ready. I was ready to commit to the time and wanted to learn and was. Back yeah. And when you're there, totally, totally invest. Right. Be, yeah, be yeah, all yeah. in while you're there. All in. Yeah. If you're not ready to make that kind of investment, don't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're yeah. still feeling the effects of undergrad school and just need a break, that's okay. It's okay yeah. to recognize that. And I think for some students, um, I've had students when I've, they talk to me about grad school, and I think just based on how you play and how you work and how, how all this, I think you should immediately go. Yeah. Your go chops are in right a now. great place. Yeah. Just go get it done. And I think there are others who they could go teach for a few years, and I think their face would still work when they wanted to come back to no. it. No and just remember what. this. Schools aren't going anywhere. When no. you want to go That's to right. school, there will be a school. And, you know, There's interesting no thought, too. Schools need students. Oh, schools desperately want and need students. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good chance that's all going to line up. Yeah. But I think knowing your, again, knowing your tolerance for that is uh, is important. You know, Absolutely. because you'd, you'd hate to just jump into it and then go, oh, man, I was still, I'm not over being sick of school. What, what have I done? I shouldn't be here. What have I done? All right, boys, time for no offense. Look, not doing your research and maybe not even starting it now is not a good idea. It's never too soon to start looking into it. So if you're early in your undergraduate degree, Start thinking now about where you want to go. Do your research. Get to know teachers. Get to know programs. And use the next couple of years to narrow your decision. And do that well in advance so you have all the information. And right, if you're, at, if you're doing your undergrad at a place that has a graduate program, most likely you have graduate students from other schools. Right. So you can oh, yeah. start right there. Hey, where'd you do your undergrad? How are things there? What's that mm-hmm. like? Then you're yeah. going to get the real information without uh, with somebody that you have a personal relationship with. Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about. Oh yeah, that place would be cool. Oh yeah, that's or or four. Stay away. <laughs> you Don't go to that school. Yeah. That teacher plays a seven C. Exactly. Well, well done, Brian. We got it in there. Okay. But, you know, yeah. yeah, don't go there. They don't communicate. Nobody knows anything. There's a terrible <laughs> culture, whatever it is. Right. Or Everybody's a, mean. It was yeah. great. That's why I'm here, and you should go check it out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get on that. Not, never too early to get, get that information. Yeah. And, and be thinking, too, about whether or not you even want to go. And it's okay not to. Absolutely. It's okay to go teach first. It's it okay to do anything else first. Do anything else first, right? I, yeah. I talked to a student last week, a high school student who has auditioned at Rowan um, and has auditioned for you as well, Joey. And uh, I was talking to him about, about schools and, uh, and he had his three graduate schools lined up where he wanted to do, <laughs> where he wanted to audition. He's a senior for, in high school. Senior in high school, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's like, I was I thinking see. these three for graduate work. Okay. Yeah. I, I know a senior in high school who's thinking the same way. Oh, yeah. Interestingly, nice. under your roof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this school for this, and then that school for that. So, Boom. 
Yeah. Way down Got the a road. path. Got a path. Way down the road. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors and be a smart shopper. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.